0: Securing a video game sequel with a killer story hook in place means self-generating interest in between installments. Sometimes even the most phoned-in titles gameplay-wise at least continue their overarching narratives and can be reappraised or revalued somewhere down the line. What about the times though, and they're often overlooked as we talk about the game portion of things being a little bit naff, that the stories themselves let us down. I'm Scott from WhatCulture.com and these are the 7 most disappointing video game stories ever. Honourable mention goes to Mass Effect 3, a foregone conclusion for this kind of list and something we've covered more times than I can count. To shake things up, I'm going to suggest you play the Legendary Edition instead. It actually being a complete experience that is significantly better assembled and polished than back in 2012. seven. Halo 5 With Halo Infinite largely doing away with the more somber tone of Halos 4 and 5, likely because legendary original trilogy writer Joseph Staten is back on board, it's a marked regaining of focus from just how messy Halo 5 felt. Reeling from the death of Cortana and with 343 Industries thanking fans for believing in their vision for the IP during the credits, Halo 5 then rolled out an entire marketing campaign centred on Master Chief fighting with relative newcomer Spartan Locke. John-117 had recruited his childhood soldier friends to help while Locke amassed his own platoon of Spartans. The two sides set to have some kind of showdown, with the real reason behind their rivalry to be revealed. Cut to the game, and not only was the Chief vs. Locke fight over in seconds, but the advertised scene of Locke and Chief pulling a gun on each other never happened. The real reason Chief was on the run came down to investigating signs that Cortana was still alive, something Locke empathised with almost immediately, and we ended with Cortana becoming the main villain for the next instalment. Help us, Halo Infinite, you're our only hope. Number 6, No Man's Sky. Shoe-in for most miles travelled between the launch version and where it is today, No Man's Sky is one of the most impressive bodies of work from a gaming studio in history, but as we all know, that first year was bumpy as hell. Sidestepping the many bugs and reality of how mismarketed the project was, one key reason behind exploring in the first place was to see what lay at the centre of the galaxy. Creative director Sean Murray teased what lay at the end of the line, saying there is something you can do, and that it causes an event that is seen by everybody. He said we'd want to experience it with friends, and get them to join us there, almost like the digital equivalent of some ethereal Nirvana state set aside for only the bravest adventurers. Get to the heart of the galaxy, something that takes tens of hours, if not hundreds, depending on your trajectory through billions of planets, and you're rewarded with the camera zooming back out past all the planets in the cosmos as the whole game restarts. Newer updates have codified this sequence, and even the earliest versions of No Man's Sky were a meta-narrative comment on life being a simulation, i.e. just playing the game itself, but neither are anywhere near the way Murray was describing this event. 5. Resident Evil Village Potentially a controversial pick depending on how much you were invested in this mysterious new version of Chris Redfield, someone whose first order of business in Resident Evil Village is to shoot Ethan's wife Mia and steal their child. Yes, that's the setup of Resident Evil's 8th installment, and besides the closing months of marketing when Lady Dimitrescu's Thirst was in full flow, the core question of what Chris was doing was front and centre. Well the explanation is possibly the stupidest thing Capcom have ever written, and in a world of boulder punches and duels to the death in a volcano, that's really saying something. The reason Chris shot Mia was because she was actually Mother Miranda, long-lost partner of Mr. Zombie Virus himself, Oswell E. Spencer. Chris simply chooses not to tell a clearly very disturbed Ethan what's going on, and makes off with infant child Rosemary because she too is being sought after by various members of the upcoming village. There was literally zero reason Chris couldn't have told Ethan what was going on, and as he repeatedly shows up telling Ethan not to get involved with no explanation, of course the husband of a murdered wife. And father of a kidnapped infant is gonna follow you to the ends of the earth. All this, and I'm leaving out another particularly moldy reveal that comes later on, because at least that tied into Resident Evil 7. Number 4, Death Stranding. A game whose premise is its entire narrative, Hideo Kojima's blank check-feeling game about human togetherness in a bleak post-apocalyptic hellscape, is genuinely a very rewarding, methodic, and unique game. It's also clearly the mind of someone who had 20 different thematic ideas across the decades he was with a former company and decided to throw them all into the mix. Death Stranding's core plot drive surrounds chasing after main man Sam Porter-Bridge's kidnapped sister Amelie. But holy hell does it go off the rails around the midpoint. Everything from Sam being a time-travelling entity that knew Mads Mickelson's character to the baby on your front also being you as an infant is in here, but the big thing that feels supremely, what, is Amelie not even existing. Turns out she's actually an extinction entity, to which there have been many others in Earth's own history. The entire game revolves around realising it's less about Sam finding his sister and recovering from an affliction that doesn't let him touch other people, and more about hugging the apocalypse itself, as a reminder that humanity is worth keeping around because companionship is irreplaceable. Said like that, this 50-hour noodle pile of a script has meaning, but Hideo Kojima is 100% his own worst enemy throughout. Number 3 Assassin's Creed 3 It might be a faint memory now, but Assassin's Creed 3 was the turning point. The point where original conceptual lead Patrice Dessolet left Ubisoft, and the original plan for Assassin's Creed as a set of six games was thrown out the window. Desmond voice actor Nolan North revealed in 2015 that this original plan would have seen Desmond turn into an ultimate time-travelling assassin by the end of all games combined, having inherited and learned all the best techniques from the likes of Altair, Ezio, Connor and more. Instead, as Desele left, Ubisoft chose endless sequels over narrative satisfaction. Desmond suddenly had to touch a mythical underground orb that would save the planet and kill him, because of course it would. He does, the world is apparently saved, and Nolan North was asked to read some audible diary entries in Black Flag, as the franchise would only get more bloated and less character-focused over time. Number 2, The Last of Us Part 2. A divisive entry for sure, but one that I'm curious to put out there, just to see where people come down now that we're more than a year after such a notably chaotic launch. Because The Last of Us 2 is bold, it's meticulously made, it's award winning, and a notably high bar for digital performance capture. It also employs a completely different tone to its predecessor, and though it eventually lands on the same beat of life is worth living, find someone you love and make some memories, the path there involves killing main character Joel, perhaps the most passionately defended or at least talked about character in the last ten years. To so wildly steer into breaking up the Joel and Ellie dynamic that made The Last of Us so seismic is one hell of a creative decision. It put us in the shoes of his killer, Abby, a character whose father was the surgeon Joel had killed at the close of the first game. The Last of Us 2's entire story is ultimately about understanding your enemy and why they do what they do. But I'm yet to meet a single person who, when going up against Ellie as Abby, didn't immediately discard the previous 10 hours walked in her shoes just to let Ellie have her revenge anyway. Great art should move you, and The Last of Us 2 is a powerful palm-first shove to the notion that any sequel should be what you expect. How it sits now, though, is what's really fascinating to discuss. And number one... Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. If we're factoring in how much a story had to gain and how much it had to lose, Metal Gear Solid 5 takes the cake. Seeing Hideo Kojima return to the franchise that made him a household name, five years after eight hours of cutscenes wrapped up every remaining plot thread in MGS4, it was going to take an incredible hook to convince anyone to come back. Well after a bizarre chunk of time where Kojima pretended to be fake video game developer Waki Mogram, creating Phantom Pain under the name Moby Dick Studios, it was was revealed MGS5 would be the missing link between both portions of the main timeline. With Metal Gear Solid 3, Portable Ops, and Peace Walker being set in the 80s, and Metal Gear 1, 2, Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 4 being set in the late 90s, 2000s, and beyond, the connective tissue was Big Boss, the hero of the former titles who had lost his mind in the ladder. What could have driven him to such madness? Why did he give up on America and his duty as a soldier? Tune in to find out. Obviously, this game was dogged by a very public spat between Kojima and Konami, but the reality is there was very little in here to address that core question anyway. More narrative ground was covered in Peace Walker when it came to Snake's fracturing mental state, and that was before Phantom Pain brought in flying whales, resurrected Metal Gear 3's Volgin as a man made of fire, and revealed even this version of Snake was actually a clone, with the real big boss still doing his thing somewhere else. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?